Sending your students away for the summer is an exciting time. It's been a long school year, and shoot, you are probably ready for summer break. Suddenly, though, it hits you. You remember the regression that so many students will have over the summer, making your job for the next school year even harder. Has that thought crossed your mind? Not to worry, a lot of teachers feel this way. But luckily, there are some helpful tips and ideas that you can implement at the end of this school year to keep your students from being a victim of summer slide. Keep listening to hear ways to support your students and their grown-ups to prevent summer slide. You are listening to The Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing. Learn teacher tips and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you grow as an educator. With a passion for literacy and supporting teachers, here's your host, Megan Polk from Miss P's Style. Welcome back to another episode of The Literacy Dive podcast. Now, we are talking about ways that you can be able to support your students and their parents, or what I like to say is their grown-ups, during the summer months. Now, obviously, you cannot control what happens to your students outside of school on an evening, over a weekend, and you for sure can't control what happens during summer break. But you can control your approach to how you set them up. Taking the time to set students and parents up for a successful summer break should be a big focus at the end of any school year. I like to break this apart into two different conversations and approaches, the parent side and then the student side. I am going to go through a list of ways that you can support both groups when it comes to keeping literacy in the forefront over the summer. First up, let's chat parents. Talking to your students' parents or grown-up is a must when it comes to helping your students. Many parents are unsure of what to do over the summer. It's not that they don't want to do anything in the summer, that they don't want to be responsible for the learning, or that they do not value education, especially during the summer months. I truly believe that it's those grown-ups and parents that do want to help their kids. They just don't know what to do. So that's where teachers come in. Teachers have to help them. And here is what some support could look like. First up, parent-teacher conferences. Start by having a parent-teacher conference to let the parents know where their child stands. You can definitely save time by having a group session where you're talking to all parents at one time, but I do think that there's a lot of benefits with having individual parent conferences if possible. At the end of each school year, I had to meet with parents regarding student progress anyway, so this is always a great time to kill two birds with one stone. In an individual conference, you can show the adults what progress their child has made, and you can share individualized strategies for parents to implement over the summer that is tailored to the needs of that specific student. I would let those grown-ups know that children can increase their ability and improve their grades for the next school year if they stay fresh during the summer. 
Now, there are some already systems or routines that parents can consider making a summer routine with that they're already doing. And so they can continue practices and systems like nightly reading to improve fluency and comprehension. They can also include maybe daily writing practice to assist with sentence structure, handwriting, and their overall stamina. But if parents know the areas to support their child, hopefully they will see the benefit and the need to make it happen during the summer. Ideally, you would only need to give one or two things to work on, even if that student requires like 10. Now, this is going to give a higher chance to those parents and to those grown-ups for making sure that it gets done, and you definitely do not want to overwhelm them with a laundry list of things to do for their child. Think about your own students when you're doing writing conferences or when you're doing reading conferences. You are not focusing on every single thing that that child is not improving in. You are going to pull one or two things that you really want to focus on first, and that is what you want to give to the parents. Let's try to eliminate the overwhelm and increase the level of execution for the success. Now remember, parents are not teachers. It's pretty hard work for a teacher, so imagine a parent who does not have the same training, the tools, the tips, the techniques that we have. But you could also opt to have your student attend with their grown-up as it will put everyone on the same page and hold everyone accountable. That is completely up to you and your preferences for whether you want students to sit in or only having those conversations with those adults. If you are doing a group presentation, you can host those in your classroom or over Zoom in the afternoon, evening, or even during your planning period that you have. One important thing is to ensure that you have summer contact info for each student. Now, you are not required to answer your email or to support parents all summer long. You need to take time for you. You have been working hard this school year. However, there were many times that I did want to share important events with my students, and emailing parents discount codes to places or author visits that might be come up up at the library, those are things that I liked doing to make sure that those parents and those grownups knew what was going on and that my students had the opportunity to get there. I also did like to send students postcards over the summer to encourage them and their grownups to keep up the good work, especially when it was like in the June and the July months. So I know that back to school time, a lot of teachers have that practice of sending those postcards at the very end of the summer or when you get your new roster for the next school year, you will send postcards to your upcoming students, but I loved just sending a postcard over the summer, encouraging both the students and the parents to keep up that hard work that they're doing, and that was sometimes the motivation needed if that work was not being done. So having the parent summer contact information updated is so helpful for so many reasons. Now, the second thing that you can talk to parents about are games. Providing parents with a list of fun board games or card games that they can play over the summer. Now, this is also a great way for families and communities to come together and spend much needed time together. So many kids have been learning over a computer screen, and they really do need a break from screen time. So playing board games and card games are going to help them. Not only with taking a break from the screen, 
but also it's going to help with having the patience, having to take turns, strengthening their problem-solving strategies, and it's going to give children the opportunity to be a good sport. Now, children can practice literacy skills and math skills in several games without even realizing it. And that is why I loved implementing board games into the classroom. It's truly a win-win. They love playing games and they don't even recognize that they're learning. Some of my favorite board games to recommend families to play at home during the summer are Scrabble, doing word vines, or even playing categories. Now, these games help kids with spelling. It's a great way to discuss vocabulary and to use context clues. And an extension that you could tell those parents to do is to have their children write a sentence using the words. So there are so many ways that you can embed literacy practice in by way of playing a board game. Another tip that you could be able to inform parents on are museum visits. Now, if there are local museums in your area, provide your parents with a list of those places where they can take their children over the summer. Museums are a great place to learn about the world, and plus, the kids will be away from a computer or a TV, and they can be exploring new things, asking questions, and deepening their skill sets. So, All of this new knowledge can take place at a museum visit, and you could even encourage them to buddy up and go with a classmate or maybe a couple of friends. Now, the really cool thing is that many museums offer discounts for families, so if you come across any great places and deals, share them with your families. And that is another reason why I love to have their contact information, is that when you get notified, you can send that information out to those families, and they will be notified and able to take their kids. Now, this is what I feel like is an oldie but goodie, but it is the library. Make sure that those grown-ups know that they can get easy, free access to a local library card if there is one nearby in your area. I like to have the online application link or physical forms available so that parents can have that resource at their fingertips right when leaving from this conference. Many libraries actually hold events for students during the summer, and parents have no idea that those even occur. So if there is not a library near you, see if your school has books for a giveaway. I know that at the end of the school year, different teachers always have books that they want to discard, and so I loved taking my little rolly teacher cart, walking the hallways, and grabbing some books that I could send home with students, and they would have something to read. I also always had my own stash of books that I would let students take and read. Children can be able to access those books for summer reading, and if they're going to read it, I'm fine with giving it. Something else that I like to do to prepare for going on summer is all school year long, and if you've not done this, you can make this a goal for next school year, is to really cash in on those dollar books that Scholastic offers every single month. Go through the different catalogs, look at those dollar books, and you can be able to start collecting some of those books that you can give away to students for the summer. While not all of your students will need it, you will probably have a handful of students that do not have the access or money to those resources. And so if I'm able to give those even to a handful of my students, if not all, that is better than nothing. Reading 
is so, 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 so critical over the summer. If your students like certain authors or titles or genres based on your time teaching them, create a simple book list for those adults in case they want to purchase some of those books too. Now, I just mentioned that I like going and buying the dollar books for students for like the Christmas and the winter break time and for my summer giveaways for these um, students. But remember, Scholastic is a great way for parents to order for their own kids too. With the parents ordering, they can order from you and that is going to give you points where you can be able to grow your classroom library with book titles that you hope to teach to your upcoming classes. So Scholastic is a great resource to use. And Scholastic now actually has the option for families to receive their shipment straight to their home, no longer to you or to your school. So this is an awesome way to stock up. And again, if you have your parent email, when the new month comes out, you can shoot your parents the email link to the new month's books. And if those parents want to order, you are getting points for your classroom. Now, lastly for this conference time is I like to suggest to parents that they should have a more challenging book that they are reading with their child or to their child that they can talk together about. And then their child should also have their own age-appropriate and age-level books for independent enjoyment. So the library, great, great resource, or Scholastic great, great resource. Now, lastly, when thinking about the parents is summer resources. Notify parents of any summer practice in reading that your school or your district assigns. Now, although it's summer break, I have always had a high percentage of parents ask what their kids can do over the summer. It is a long time with kids kids not being in school. So I like to recommend the Summer Bridge books They are comprehensive and provide a nice spiral of all content areas. I love to provide parents with a countdown to summer resource for bigger kids. Now that is a free download. I will leave the link to that in the show notes and you can be able to grab that countdown sheet. But I love giving the countdown to summer because it just offers a lot of different activities and strategies for parents to implement, for the kids to do, and it does focus on reading and writing and overall engagement. So look for that free download in the show notes. Now we are going to focus on the student side of things. Your kiddos have worked so hard this year. You may be trying to figure out activities to do in your final days and weeks of school, and I actually have a blog post that is full of ideas that you can do virtually or in person. I will leave that link in the show notes for you so that you can go through and have an excellent ending to your in-person, face-to-face, hybrid, or virtual school year. It is a huge benefit to have discussions with your students prior to summer. You will want to tell them everything that you told to their grown-up. I find it super helpful to explain the why, because when students are learning the why behind the importance of keeping up with their writing and reading over the summer, they are going to be more inclined to make learning a part of their summer days and routine. Here are going to be some fun activities that you can share with your students and encourage them to keep up that great work over the summer. First up is a reading contest. 
Now, this can be just for your class or across the whole school, and you can set this up in various ways. But the primary purpose is to get children reading and loving the practice of reading over the summer break. Now, some of these recommendations include you challenging students to see who can read the most books, who can read the most pages, or who can read the most words. So you could have a very simple contest where kids have to keep track of what they're reading and they can be able to share that with each other if you have a method for students to connect in the summer or they can bring those things back to you for you to be able to see and to share with your previous year's students. Students can also write short book reviews and they can send them to you, they can send them to their friends. Now again, these are the emails that I enjoyed. I didn't always enjoy having a ton of parent emails when I'm on my summer break. But for a student to say, Miss Polk, guess what I just read? Here's, here's my book review. And then I get to read what they wrote or watch a video of their book talk to me. Those made my day during the summer. So I would highly encourage you to do something like that uh, to make it fun for students and they can share it with you or they can share it with other friends from their classroom. Now, all of the students should make it a goal to come back after the summer with their top favorite book. So if they are reading and they're actively exploring different genres and different titles, then this is something that you can make it very simple. Hey, kids, when you come back next school year, I want you to come and bring to me your favorite top book. And maybe you make a display outside of your classroom of your previous grade, the the previous year's students, that now they're going to be in a different grade, but you can still display what they did over the summer and just show that you care about their work enough to display it for your new students. You could also tell students to stack up all the books that they read over the summer and see who can get the tallest stack. See if they can get a stack that's even taller than they are. Have them take a photo with all the books that they're reading, and that can make a really awesome reading collage. Again, you can display this the next school year outside of your room for all of your past and current students to see. You could also have a challenge to see who could read in the coolest locations. Students can take photos and bring in, or they can email it to you whenever they're done, but anywhere that they find that's a really cool location to read, whether it's outside, whether it's up in the attic, whether it's in underneath the table, wherever they decide to read, if they can snap a photo or write down that location, it's really fun to share and it's just really enjoyable to see. You can also have students keep a simple reading log, and this can include the the book, the author's name, and they can just do a simple thumbs up, thumbs down. Did I like it? Did I not like it? And they can even share a little brief summary as well. Now, I do have a free and fun reading log that I loved letting students use, and you can be able to use it too. So I will leave that in the show notes as well so that you can be able to provide your students with these little summer reading logs. Well, they're not summer reading logs, but they can be used in the summer, but you can provide them with these reading logs and it encourages them to use the alphabet A through Z to find a book title, a book from a certain author, or even a genre that starts with that letter. So it's going to help them with the variety of finding the joy in reading. You want to ensure that parents are joining in and helping their child achieve their summer reading goals. So make it enjoyable, let the parents know what you have planned, and celebrate what your students are doing as they are doing it. 
The second big idea that I love encouraging students to do is to have a summer diary. Now, this can be rolled out a lot of different ways, but the whole idea is that there is going to be a special book for them to be able to keep their writing. Now, if you have the means and the funds, you can definitely provide them with a summer book. But if they're, if you're using composition notebooks and they have not finished their writer's workshop notebook, or if their parents can get them a notebook, then that can just be something that they use for keeping their writing in one place. This is a summer classic, though. This writing task is super powerful, but I feel like it's been left behind as many students might find it like kind of boring. So you have to make this journaling process fun for them. Now, I do not require a specific number of pages, a specific number of entries. Students get to choose what they want to write about. They get to choose how often they're writing. But realistically, if they only write once or twice, it's better than nothing at all. But with allowing them to have choices and giving them ideas, we are hoping that they take this writing on and they want to do it daily. We must remember that some students do not do a lot of fun and exciting things over the summer. So if you just say, hey, write about all the things you're doing over the summer, well, it's kind of boring to write about nothing every single day. So here are some fun ideas that you can include um, and tell your students about that they can put into their summer diary or their summer writing journal. You can have your students change the way that they write for these different entries. Some entries can be the classic diary entry where they're dating it and they're writing out what they did for that day. But others can be written in a mind map. They can write a narrative. They can write an opinion piece. You know, they can write a newspaper report. They can write labels and captions for a picture that they want to put inside. So the whole art here is that they have the choice to decide what they want to do, but ultimately, whatever they're doing with that photo or what they're doing with their entry, they are actually writing as well. Encourage your students to draw and print out pictures to increase engagement. A journal is not just about writing diary entries, but they can be able to draw inside of it. So maybe they drew a picture of how they're feeling. Maybe they drew a picture about where they went on vacation. Maybe they drew a picture of a really awesome, delicious dessert that they had. Let them write about that moment and show it through pictures. Students can also include ticket stubs or pamphlets from events that they go to over the summer. So let them know that, yes, this is your diary, but this is a place where you can keep count of everything that you did that you want to remember about your summer. And if they do include the ticket stub or a pamphlet, they can then write about that experience, or they can write about their favorite part, or they can just even write about who won the game. So whatever it is, even if it's one sentence, that is better than nothing, and we are celebrating the reason that writers write. I love to send home mini versions or digital versions of my June and July writing prompts. I feel like if you're teaching summer school, those months are really great because it's the summertime and we just want to get kids writing. But if you're going back to school, then the July ones come right in handy. But if you are in summer for June and July, I love printing uh, the prompts mini and I will staple it and send it home. This gives students creative prompts and a variety of writing genres to explore every single day. 
Again, you can print those mini and you can send home a little tiny packet. You can share the digital version and a Google link for them and that way they can pull it up on their computers and they can write in their journal. But this will help our students to write. Now, I will leave a link to the June and to the July sets for you if you have kiddos that are on summer break in June and July. And you will be so surprised at how excited they will be to write during the summer and how excited their grown-ups will be to see them writing, and this will give them something to write every single day. Lastly, something to discuss with your students is summer goals. This big conversation is so important to have with your students about everything that they have accomplished over the current school year. Have it, let them talk to you, let them share what they've accomplished, And then tell them that to keep that momentum going, they need to practice things during the summer break. Ask them to set a goal of something that they would like to achieve over the summer. Now let them choose anything. It can range from riding a bike, scoring a goal in soccer, going to a sleepover at summer camp, or it could be an academic goal. If students get to choose 100% of their summer goals, then they're going to have a better chance of achieving that goal. Then encourage them to write out the steps that it's going to take to achieve that goal. Encourage them to continue to look back at their steps during the summer and share their goals with their parents and friends. Students can then document their progress of achieving that goal through writing. They can write in their journals and they can message to friends to update them with where they are in achieving the goals that they set. Again, if this is something that you implement, your students should have a chance to showcase their achievements when school starts back up. So if they bring you their goal and maybe a photo of them doing the achieved goal, find a place just to highlight and to celebrate it. If you can't showcase it anywhere, you could at least acknowledge to your students like, wow, I cannot believe that you did this all summer long and look what you did and encourage them to keep up that hard work all year long. The dreadful summer slide is preventable. All you have to do is take action and follow some of these tips. Now remember, keeping an open line of communication with parents and students is a big piece to the puzzle of success. For those of you who are nearing summer break, like in the next week or two, good luck and have an amazing summer break. For those of you who have a little bit more time, really think about prioritizing these conversations with students and parents and watch your students succeed this summer. If you have any questions about anything that I've discussed today, check the show notes for the links to those free resources. Check the show notes for the links to the writing prompts. And any information I've discussed, you can find in my show notes. If you have any additional questions on something that I did not discuss, or if you need clarification on something, please feel free to reach out to me over on Instagram or by email. I hope that you have a great end to the school year, and I look forward to talking with you next week. Thank you for listening to The Literacy Dive. If you would like to connect with Megan, you can find her on Instagram at Miss Peace Style. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any episodes of The Literacy Dive. Until next time.